This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. Cross country concludes, track and field is now on deck. Welcome to another episode of The Rundown here on the Runner Wall website, www.therunnerwall.com. Your home for high school cross country and track and field here in the state of Washington. After my long hiatus, which really was only two weeks, uh, I am back. Keenan Gray here. Kyle Paulson as well. No Alex McIntyre again. It just seems like, what was the last time we even had Alex on the show, Kyle? It just seems like forever since we had him. Yeah, I know. We got to start paying him again or something. He's his appearance fees are just skyrocketing here. He's he's got a contract negotiation issue or something. Maybe he's like on a he's on a strike right now, and, or on a I guess a payment strike. I'm not giving him enough, which is zero dollars. So maybe I need to give him a cent. Yeah, start paying him about. Well, if you pay him a, a cent of a word, maybe then he'll really show up. <laughs> For, well, I mean, he does have a lot of insightful things, and we'd love to have him back on the show. But he's. He's got our priorities to do. And we're, we're not worried about that whatsoever. Um, we're going to give you guys the content you all deserve and talk about what an unusual yet crazy yet exciting cross country season that in my eyes basically wrapped up because my eyes have gone towards track and field now. And I know there's quite a bit of people out there still competing in cross country. But like I said, I want to go towards track and field because it just seems like right now with the weather and the month, and with March Madness going on, it's track and field season. Oh, definitely. I mean, this is the stereotypical t- year. This is when you would have a season for track. Not We wouldn't even be talking about cross country except in the past tense about, you know, maybe runners that ran well at state and what we're looking forward to this spring season. But now it's just kind of, you know, going right from one to the other, even though some schools like Tahoma or some in the Narrows League just started, which kind of blows my mind. Well, you know, and, and that's okay. Some people are on their own path. Like even the Metro League over there, they still have, I think, like two or more weeks. And same with Kinko. They got another week to go. GSL, they have their culminating championship race this Saturday. There's still teams out there and conferences that are competing in cross country, but there are also a lot of conferences and teams that are now competing in track and field. So it's for me, it's exciting to see both of them going out at the same time. But as a reporter and a media producer, I can only do so much at one time. So I'm probably going to lead towards track and field, like I said, since it feels like track and field season right now. But we got a great show for you guys. We're Like I said, we're going to talk about cross country, uh, give you our season recap, talk about what we've seen, what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, we'll also break down the awards that were just released on the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. We'll talk about the runners of the year, freshman of the year, most improved, coach of the year and might as well talk about team of the year that hasn't been quite announced yet um, but I'm going to announce it momentarily throughout the show and we'll find out who the best team in my eyes and of course Kyle's eyes as well we'll get his opinion on that who the best teams were in the state of Washington but Kyle I want to start off with you 
what did you like about this season? Not just in the, in your conference down in mid Columbia, but just as, as the entire state as a whole. Yeah. I'm thinking like five or so years down the road, when we think about this season, what we're going to think about. And I think a lot of the thing I'm going to take out of this season is I'll remember all the weird distances that all the different teams has done from three Ks, two miles, a bunch of teams just did four Ks. Um, like we did one that was like 2.95, you know, not a lot of your, your typical 5K or three mile races went down across straight the state, not a lot of invites. So it's just hard to compare how well these teams are historically to other teams, which I kind of like to do, you know, throughout the years is just see how teams do throughout the, their either program history or state history. So just a weird, weird year, but we got something. So I'm, I'm thankful. Thankful everyone ran well. And for the most part, I don't think there were a lot of huge surprises in where most of the team standings were across the state. I think the teams that and the athletes we knew would run well, ran well and um, performed well. Going back to your point about the, the weird distances, do you think because cross country and track and field were so close with one another that some schools focused on, Hey, if we maybe did like shorter cross country races and we focus more so on track, these kids will have that speed for track or perhaps maybe it's vice versa. We'll do more strength. We'll do longer races. We'll, we'll take track on in a different approach with our strength-based training. Yeah, that, I didn't even think about that. That's probably it. Like some of those schools that only did like the 4K races is they just wanted to focus on short stuff since track is right around the corner. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like a cross country season if you didn't do at least one three mile or, or 5K race. So it blows my mind. But I think you're right there. That's probably why they did it. And I agree. Like I, it was so tough to make the all-state team this year. We're also talk about the all-state teams as well, first team and second team. It was so difficult because not very many kids ran 5Ks or three miles. Majority of those kids on my list ran 4Ks or perhaps two and a half miles. Like I, I it was hard. It was, it, I didn't have much to choose from. Now, of course, I could have gone with like specifically just 5K runners but that would have not been fair to those that are legitimate runners, such as a Cooper quickly who only ran 4k for the entire season in that conference over in the Ellensburg greater area, but athletes like an Ethan Coleman. Yeah. He didn't run fast times, but had you been at LBA park in Olympia, Washington, you would understand why that that was a fast time for that course. And I think truly, I mean, what Ethan's done over the course of the last whatever months and I haven't been basing my all-state teams on what they did last fall, more so on what they did this spring. Um, but Ethan ran really well, and I believed he earned a spot on first team. Even Isaac. Isaac ran phenomenally well. He was the only consistent one, I think, throughout the season that ran three miles in 5K. Yeah, yeah, we definitely – yeah, I mean, short race we did was that 2.95 one I mentioned earlier. So everything else was in a three-mile or 5K. But yeah, I mean, to put things with Ethan into perspective, I don't know how often he, those courses are ran, but you know, Alex mentioned a couple of times that like he got the course record by 10, 15 seconds and Bryce would too, but just finished behind them. And, you know, Olympia has had some legit runners throughout the year. So to beat those guys' times, if they're able to run, 
you know, Olympia's had guys finishing the top 10, top five at state. So there was definitely no slacker. He's beaten course records that some legit runners have ran on. Now, for those that don't know the All-State teams, first team on the guy's side, it was Isaac T. Pulse from Kamiakin, Arlington's Vincent Loftus, of course, Ethan Coleman of Olympia, North Central's Leif Swanson, Rogers of Spokane's Daniel Lee, Cooper Quigley of Sela High School, and Jordan Hansen of Jackson. Second team All-State was Zach Munson of Seahome High School, Bryce Serkinick, a surprise second team. But again, I there were a few athletes that ran only 4Ks, but I just think conversion times for a 5k were a little bit faster than Bryce's times this year. Another second team, uh, Sawyer Dagan from Stillicum, Brennan Charbonneau of Jackson, Cart Mukai of Kamiak, Reed Weaver of Sunnyside, and then to round it up, Cruz Corvin of Lakes High School. And that was the first and second team for the boys. I know you are biased towards your guys. and would have loved to see probably Grayson in that mix. Um, how do you feel about these all-state teams? Yeah, I mean, I think every year with Washington this year as well, it's going to be hard to pick top 14, top 20 guys um, who can make an all-state list because you can make a great argument for whoever in wearing this list, whether it be 3A, 4A, 2A. So I don't think you're ever going to get it completely right. You're never going to get not get criticism for it. I think if you look in your comments for that, you can – Definitely see that. Um, it's more so on the guys. Yeah. It's more so on the guys' yeah. side. Oh yeah, that's, that's just ego and Cooper and uh, Cannon. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good list. Like I said, you can point at every single runner and make an argument why they should or, or shouldn't be there. So you know, I've obviously got some bias. I think if you put Bryce and Grayson in there, they're both going to be somewhere in the first or second team. And, and I would have put and I would have put Grayson on the list, but um, he just didn't break 16 this year. Mm-hmm. He just he just he just did it, and I and there were other guys that were deserving of that honor that ran fast times. So that was no yeah, disrespect, just, and and Grayson's a great athlete. No no disrespect to him, but it's some of these athletes deserved it more than he did this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we had just stayed in the Big Nine all those years ago, we could have about four guys at the Sunnyside Course all state. And then when you look at the girls' side. First team All-State, of course, three familiar names, Allie Janke, North Central, Julia David-Smith of Visiquois, and Ella Borsheim of Bellman Prep. All three phenomenal athletes, and I don't believe Ella even ran a 5K this year. I think they did the same thing. They usually ran 4Ks or a little bit shorter distance. But either way, when she ran 4Ks or two-mile times, some incredibly fast times. I believe she threw down like a 10-30-something in the two-mile, maybe even faster than that, and like – 14 11 for a 4k so some pretty fast time for her Allie Jenke uh becomes the first it seems like in a long time maybe a couple years since someone re- broke the course record at Franklin Park broke it by like 35 seconds ran 17 12 for the three mile course and of course Julia David Smith does what Julia David Smith does best run fast and run 17 44 at Sam Mamish State Park which is a very fast course and not surprised by that mark at all but the ladies joining them on this list uh, not a lot of people knew who they were coming into this year, uh, but they're well-deserved to be known who, now for their accomplishments this season. Um, one of those being is Kennewick's Macy Marquart out of the blue, just ran phenomenally well this year. Uh, newcomer, um, even though she's a junior, Claire Archer of Roosevelt, which in fact, she just ran another fast time, 1747 
today, or at least on March 31st, I guess it is today, but people are going to be listening to this later on in the week. Lily O'Donoghue McDonald of Seattle Prep. We've been praising her all season long, just phenomenal runner. And then on the last one, Olivia Freeman of Bishop Blanchett. I believe she ran 18.03. Second team, you got Alexis Leone of that really, really talented Seton Catholic girls team. Allison Peterson of Hawkinson, also from Seton Catholic. Uh, Laura Carrion, freshman from Lincoln of Seattle, the newer school. Actually, not so newer. It's because it's it got condemned, and now it's back. Uh, Taylor Braster, um, she'll, she, she'll be brought up momentarily as she was also a freshman of the year for the runner Washington. Natalie Rosowskis of Richland. Ellen Nelson of Walla Walla, getting that representation from that mid-Columbia conference. And then to round it up, we got Lauren Holf of Skyline, uh, another runner who was phenomenal this year, one of the more improved runners in the entire state. Uh, what do you like about this list in particular, Kyle? I think two things. I get um, the Seton Catholic girls just absolutely dominant, having two girls in the in the top listing here, and then so good for them. And just you know, real shame that we weren't able to get a state course we, where we could at least kind of compare or have an idea of how they may have stacked against some of the other schools across the state you know, a similar course as everybody else. Um, and then Mid-Columbia girls representing well, with Macy, Natalie, and, and Ella, you know, before I was singing uh, Nelson's praise. So, you know, surprised to see her third, but it seems like she had some sort of injury leading into the season, leading into the season, even early on in the season. Um, but just absolutely phenomenal job by everyone on this list and congratulations on a great season. Yeah, who, who would have thought that Macy Marquardt would have been first team all state. Who would have thought that yep. maybe Kennewick, maybe Kennewick had some insights on her, but who would have thought this, this young lady who was like what a 1930 something 5k runner as a sophomore or yeah, as a sophomore. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's a sub 18, actually sub 1750 5k runner. Yeah. I talked like, to my buddy Prescott, who's an assistant coach there. And he said that, Throughout COVID, she, I mean, most of the years she does wrestling. Um, and this year she just decided to just focus all on running, especially through COVID. And that helped her you know, a lot on just focusing on the one sport rather than the, than the two. So, I mean, just hard work, dedication, and that's what it takes. So that's I'll really t- exciting. I'll tell you this. I had a former teammate, or I guess someone I, I trained with because – Guys and uh, I guess guys and girls can be teammates, but they don't compete with one another. Um, Natalie Smith, 2000, I want to say 2015, 1A 800 meter state champion. Uh, very, very tough individual, was also a wrestler, ended up being a state champion in wrestling her senior of high school. Uh, those wrestlers, when they go out and run, they're gritty. They are tough, tough, because they know how difficult it is. Because how mentally tough you have to be to wrestle is is a whole other level. I mean, I, I used to give crap to wrestlers in high school. Cause I played basketball. Like that was, that was the sport that was going on. I love basketball. I thought basketball was far superior to wrestling, but when you hear about the conditioning and what they go through as athletes, whereas they're not eating as much where they have to drink so much more fluids and meet weight, that is asking a lot out of a high school athlete. 
or just even a, a teenage kid in general. Like you're asking them to do all these requirements. Like we're trying to figure out life before we go off to college. And now we're, we're trying to discipline ourselves in a sport that's uh, very challenging, um, but also can be very rewarding. And so when she's bringing that mental toughness over to cross country, I'm not surprised. I, I went to a high school that had a lot of wrestlers that did track. I'm not surprised at all whatsoever that she has been this successful. Yeah. Yeah. Just phenomenal runner, super hard worker. For me, I think the one thing that stood out to the most before we go to our awards, I think the dual meets became a bigger deal this year. They really did. We talked about how the East side has predominantly been known as dual meets are important. They matter. We're not going to tempo race this. We're going to give it our all every week because they do give you out regular season trophies. And of course there is a, a championship trophy during postseason. Now, when you look at it across the entire state without a state meet and a district meet, that's all you have. You don't have invites to race fast at. You don't have a state championship or a district regional race to prove that you're the best. This is your only opportunity. And if you're on the brink of going division one, division two, or division three to go run at a school, this is your time to shine and you have to give your all pretty much every single race. And that was the big headline this spring were those dual meets. They mattered this year. Oh yeah. I mean, well, depending on your team, there were some athletes who uh, ditched the dual meet to do an invite. So some teams take it a little bit more seriously than others. And I think dual meets are exciting. That's where it's at. That's where I think the future of the sport's at. We got to start bringing those back and not focus so much on, you know, big fancy twilight meets or something like that. Just start some, you know, intent rivalries, make a big deal about, you know, going toe to toe with, with teams and, and beating them or competing against them. That's, that's exciting. And that's, what's going to get people, you know, in your area excited fans of the sport and ultimately where the growth will come from. Well, and I'm going to tell you this, Kyle, I, I fell victim to that. I competed in a conference where we competed against 1A, 2A, 3As. We didn't just compete against 1As in our conference. The 2As didn't just compete against 2As. And the 3As definitely didn't compete because there's only two 3A schools. Uh, there was no meaning to it. Like, if you were a 2A school, you're dominating the 1A school. Like, that was, that was the story right there. And so the big meet for us was the invites. So we tapered those, those dual meets or tri-meets. Didn't race as hard. Some of them we might, but some of them we wouldn't. Mm -hmm. which is which is unfortunate i think part of that is if you know you're gonna win pretty handily and you've got an invite coming up yeah there's probably no point in going all out but i mean i've seen some years where you know the team that the obvious favorite you know ended up finishing somewhere you know on the podium but you know they got crushed by some nobody school in their same this is back when i was in high school and i think it hasn't changed too much but they get crushed by some person, some school in the league meet. And this all state guy is, you know, finishing 20th in the league meet. It's like, why even, why even show up? Why are you even there? Just, but you didn't see that this year. Cause that's all we got where the, the dual meets. So that's really exciting. When I was up at Franklin park last week, watching the GSL race, I, I go up to North central's girls head coach, Jan Janke. And I said, this is a big race today. You guys have a chance to go three-peat for a regular season title. And she looks at me. She's like, no, no, we don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, we don't have our fourth runner today. 
we are not going to be able probably to beat me today, which was understandable. Like that's, that's a huge piece they're missing right there in order to, to win a regular season title. And unfortunately they didn't have enough depth, like a mead, the mead squad did, but um, just to see the look on her face, knowing that they were, she knew that they, they weren't going to be as successful as they probably should have been was, it, it was like kind of an eye opener for me that it, it means something. Yeah. It's, we're talking about, dual meets and league titles no one takes it as seriously as the gsl they get all sorts of worked up about it talked to a handful of different gsl coaches and they they are obsessed with those titles it's awesome hey speaking of awards let's talk about them shall we yeah obviously awards came out to uh, on the instagram facebook and twitter pages uh, you got runners of the year most improved runners uh, freshman of the year and coach of the year. And then we're going to wrap it up with team of the year, which no one knows yet, but I'll post it later at some point. So that's my impression. Of a go- that's, my, that's my impression of a spooky ghost. Anyways, moving on. Runner of the year on the guy's side. It's pretty obvious. It was, it was unanimous. Well, even though there's only really two of us, Isaac Teeples of Kamiakin, just a phenomenal, phenomenal year this young man had as a junior and unfortunately did not get to uh, repeat as a state champion and perhaps become the first ever person to win a 3A and a 4A state title in cross country. How about that? I mean, he'll get the opportunity probably next fall, but think of it this way. No one's ever done that before. I mean, of course, I, I don't know what the classifications were like back then and how they like mixed those up. At how many years? I think, but I believe it's every two years now, isn't it? Um, I think it's every like four or six years is when they look at it. When they, yeah, when they remix it again. Uh, yeah. But we would have saw history this year. I don't think anybody, anybody in the entire state has got won a three A and a four A state title. So that would have been something really cool to see. But overall, he had a phenomenal season. Ran a season best fourteen thirty nine for three mile race. And uh, season best fifteen twenty seven. Not to mention the fact that majority of these were solo. Like Grayson tried to hang with him, but like I said, majority of these races were all solo efforts for Isaac, which made it even more impressive. Yeah, that's the one thing we're missing with these invites is not being able to see, you know, Bryce or Ethan or anything like that, or having the state meet is, you know, not only do you miss the epic races, but also some better times when you have someone going step to step for you. So, you know, I think great pick, obviously I'm, I'm biased. I think, I think in the text I sent you every nomination I had on the boys side was like, I can like an athlete just cause, and then I said, but I think I might be biased. So. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit, you might be biased. Just a little bit, just a little bit, but no, Isaac's more deserving of this award. Um, he is getting recognized on the national level. So like I said, he, he deserves his award and uh, congratulations to him on being our 2020, the runner walk cross country runner of the year on the guys side, other nominees uh, thinking about where Vincent Loftus of Arlington had a really good season, a bounce back season. I should say an Arlington team that is loaded this year. Uh, he made his team so much better around him this year and what could have been a, a, a very, very special Arlington group this year. And then at third, Ethan Coleman of Olympia. On the girls' side, it was a toss-up, but I decided I, I decided to go with the co-runners of the year. I, I, I typically hate doing that because I'm like, okay, there's only one winner. Can't have ties. Like, that's why I hate the NFL. Like, 
Just go to another overtime if we have to. We can't do ties. Same with soccer. We can't have ties. Just, just go to penalty kicks or something. Just somebody has to win. Uh, but I'm going against my word, so I, I did do girl co-earners of the year. Um, even though they still have a couple more races to go, like I said, some leagues are still racing across. But my mindset has gone to track already. And that is Ali Jenke of North Central and Julia David-Smith of Issaquah. Again, total toss-up, two of the best athletes we've seen in, in quite some years. Um, and we'll go down in history as probably top 10 athletes in our, in our entire state. Potentially could have been top five athletes had we seen them race at a state meet this year. Um, but when you look at Julia David-Smith, recently just ran a season best 1744 and then at Sunfair ran an impressive 1753 for that three mile course and we know how brutal that course is Ali Janke recently I've already mentioned it broke the Franklin Parks uh, course record running 1712 for a three mile race which is a personal best for her and then she ran a season best 1753 and also a very tough course in Cheney Kyle phenomenal athletes we're going to miss them in cross country but I would say to end their senior year, it was a pretty good one for both of them. Yeah, both phenomenal athletes. I was kind of curious on who you would pick for the, you know, overall. So I'm glad that you did the co, um, co-defenders, co-champions, just because they are both absolutely phenomenal athletes. Like you said, they're going to be probably in our top 10, top five all-time list for the state of Washington girls. So good for them. Um, you know, I wish we could have seen some sort of duel. That would have been absolutely exciting. But you know, maybe we will, we will in track. We'll see. Well, perhaps. I mean, I, there is something going on the West side that I'm definitely not affiliated with. I'm definitely not affiliated with. I can tell people that for sure. Um, outside cross country invite. So maybe Allie and Julia signed up for both, both that race. Maybe we'll see them racing an unattached 5k race, but looking at other nominees, Ella Borsheim, a Bellman, she has had quite the bounce back year. I'm excited to see what she does next fall as the senior, basically the best runner coming back next season. And of course, Lily O'Donoghue McDonald of Seattle prep, very improving season uh, was really dominant in the, in the Metro league this season. Well, she's got a couple more races, I believe maybe one or two more races. We'll see what she's got left in the tank before switching gears to track and field most improved awards. Same with the girls run of the year. It was a toss up, but I decided to go with the co improved, most improved runners of the year. Uh, and that was Cruz Corbin of Lakes High School and Reed Weaver of Sunnyside. Both ran super well this year, especially I, I was impressed with Reed this season in the fact that he went from uh, 16 36 5k guy as a junior to 1528 his his senior year truly when you when you go a minute faster from what you ran the year before especially from going like 16 something to 15 something that's that's a legit mark you put a lot of work in and you deserve the recognition for that with Cruz he's in a different scenario because he's only a sophomore this year but man this sophomore ran super super well this year i believe from a freshman year he ran 1634 this year he ran 1533 both are exceptionally exciting runners and who knows what we'll see with Cruz in the future because we'll have two more years to see what he can do um, but with reed maybe he's got potential to run at the division two maybe a lower division one school 
Yeah, I think Cruz is a super exciting runner. I'm looking forward to see what he does. You know, with the, he ran at the Still Club invite. I think was that, that was a 1640 or 1630-something time. And then this year on the same exact course, ran that minute PR of 1540-something as well. So big improvement by him. You know, for Weaver, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have seen a faster time at Sunnyside to kind of Oh, excuse me, the faster time at the Sunfair invite to kind of legitimize that that 5K where the majority of the people there ran about 30 seconds to a minute faster than their PR. I'm, I'm okay with someone having a bad race once in a while. Jonas Price was still my first team All-State last year, and he did not have a good state meet race. Yeah, but again, we had a longer season last season to kind of legitimize his uh, – is appearance there you did and you make a good point about that people kind of now have an idea as how i put my all-state list together excuse me Um, but i won't spill the beans as to what the process i go through for that so i'll keep that a secret still but another nomination cart mckay of kamiak again another very improved runner this year not much else to say he's going to be running for the zags Uh, the work he has done over the offseason has landed him a scholarship with one of the up-and-coming premier programs, not just on the West Coast, but in the entire country. For the girls, most improved is unanimous. Macy Marquardt, Kennewick, absolutely incredible athlete. And we talked about just, just being that, being, I guess, that wrestler and having that having such a strong mental approach to this sport that's so difficult, uh, it doesn't surprise me that she had a lot of success this year. Oh, yeah, and talking about that tough mentality at that Richland bike. Well, excuse me, the, when she raced Richland this year at Lawrence Scott Park and got tripped, um, some people were even saying on purpose she was tripped. She just got up and didn't let that phase her at all. So, you know, just tough mentality, tough runner, putting a lot of work this offseason, and it shows. And then nominees, Audrey Thronson of Lewis and Clark, and then Jacqueline Denham of Ferndale High School. Shout out to Ferndale High School, about 20 minutes from Bellingham, Washington, the same conference that I was in, grew up over on the west side. Freshman of the year, we'll start with the girls. It was, gosh almighty, how many freshman girls do we have this year that just were incredible, Kyle? Like they were just all over the place this year. I think they were all on the St. Catholic's team, right? You'd think, but I mean, the nominees I had this year were L. Thomas of Washougal. We talked about her a lot, quite a bit at the beginning of the year. I've already mentioned Taylor Braster of Lincoln of Seattle as she's on second team all state. And then you got Alexis Leone of Seton Catholic. That's the one freshman you're thinking of from Seton Catholic. But the overall winner this year, Taylor Braster ran. Uh, first of all, when you run 1802 as a freshman, come on, stop that. You're on a whole other level. You're going to be a legend by the end of your career. That, that, that's, that's for a fact. And we're not trying to put any pressure on her whatsoever. But, I mean, when you run that fast at the beginning of your career, special things are about to come. Colleges are even starting to look at you, even though you're a freshman in high school, and be like, wow, she's running that fast. Imagine what she can do um, with some – great training because I don't know how much mileage she's putting in 
as a freshman right now, but imagine if she puts in 50 miles a week, uh, perhaps she can be close to a sub 17 girl by the end of her, her, her career. Easily. Yeah. I mean, the, the base is there, the expectations are set. So no pressure or anything. No, no, just keep doing, just keep doing whatever you're doing, Taylor. Keep running hard, keep running fast because whatever you're doing, it's working. And then to finish it off, coaches of the year. I think on the – or did I even say – no, I didn't even say the boys' freshman year. My bad. I'll get right to that. Uh, my freshman of the year, Samuel Grice of Washougal, ran the fastest 5K time of the season out of any freshman this year, 16-13. I know you made a case for, for your own. Um, but Jack I mean, Johnson. Yeah, Jack Johnson. Uh, but converting his three-mile time to a 5K just wasn't remotely close to Samuel Grice of Washougal. Uh, Washougal's always had a good program. They specifically like on the girls' side, um, with now with L. Thomas, Amelia Pullen, the program's been, been good as a whole. I'm excited to see what he does in the near future. Other nominees, Hayden Roberts of Afreda and Jonathan Miles of Gig Harbor. Coach of the Year honors, starting with the girls, uh, pretty unanimous. Jason Pyatt, Seton Catholic. When you have a young of a group as he did this year, and have as much have much success as he did, I no words can describe what kind of coach he he's he's a great leader. He's he's motivating these girls, and to have a one A team as one of the best teams in the entire state of Washington, possibly the team in the state of Washington, says a lot about what this coach has provided for a small school in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I definitely would make the case along with you that they are probably one of the top three teams in the state right now, um, arguably. So, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal coaching job. It's it's hard to, you know, I think do well at those lower divisions. It's, I think, hard to get the reputation or respect that you deserve. So, you know, obviously he's making a name for himself and making a name for the program, getting them all set up there. So congratulations to him and his athletes. The thing with Seton Catholic, it's just like we talked about how young they are this year. I believe it's like what three freshmen and one junior, perhaps maybe a, a, a so, or Laura Carrion's a sophomore. I think she's a junior this year, but but regardless, when you have that much success that early on with this with this young of a group, I got I got it right here. You got a freshman with your number one time, junior, sophomore, freshman, freshman 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 or excuse me senior so they got four three they got four freshmen or excuse me three freshmen on their roster i'm looking at it right now they have a couple of repeats of the names on there i don't know why but perhaps it was probably a, a computer malfunction but three freshmen and they're all under 19 minutes this year that's a great start for your high school career yeah it's setting them up for this fall really well I'm sure they're telling him right now, not only are we going to, you know, win the state meet, but we're going to peak really well at maybe a bigger meet like Nike Cross Nationals or some of those uh, bigger invites if we can get them this fall. On the guys' side, another unanimous. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say unanimous. Actually, I'm going to say unanimous. Uh, it was Andrew Kimple of North Central. You know, your first year going into a program that was coached by such a legendary person and, and such an influencer of the sport not just in Spokane, but 
the entire state of Washington, even in the country as well, to win, what was it, 11 consecutive state titles that John Knight coached? Yep, 11 straight. 11 consecutive state titles, and you come in, and he was an assistant under Knight when, before he became the head coach. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure for someone that's as young as Kimple is, but he understands what this program does. And I'm sure he did. He's using the same philosophy that Knight has used for the last 30 years and just went, went right into it thinking, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm not exactly, I'm not going to be exactly like coach Knight, but I'm going to bring his philosophy in and I'm going to be the best coach I can be. Oh yeah. Just a huge amount of pressure you know, on him just taking, taking the reins of such a historic program. Like some people might think it's kind of, you know, it must be easy just inheriting a program, but you know, it's, it's pressure. Like you put on a North central sweatshirt, North central Jersey, you're expected to do well. And he's just walking right into that. Um, so and right on for him starting off. I mean, how many other coaches on their first year walk away with a, a league title and, you know, not a lot. And at a district or a league like the GSL, that's, that's historic. So good for him. He's setting, the, setting himself up real nice, building up more pressure for himself. <laughs> so good for him. And Andrew's a, Andrew's a great guy. Like, you've talked to him. He's super nice, super friendly, you know, great coach. And it's, and it's good to have a young guy like him as the head coach of a boys program because you're not so necessarily close in age with them, but you're young enough to, like, um, we're – not resemble. I'm trying to think of the word. Um, help me out here, Kyle. Resonate. He resonates yeah, he, with him. He, yeah, he resonates. He like, he's, he's like such an inclusive age that he can connect with them. That's the word I was looking for. He can connect with them on their level because he was not, he was, it was not that long ago that he was in their position. Yes. It was like probably a decade because he's the same age as you, right? No, he's about four or five years older than me. So he was like graduating. He was graduated out as soon as I got into high school. Okay, so yeah, he's been out of high school for over a decade, which really is not that long, though, if you if you think about it. Because like, obviously, John Knight was 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 far older than the rest of his, the boys that he was coaching. But someone like going back to connecting, I think having a young coach like Kimple um, is good for those guys. They can connect with him. They can um, understand uh, what he went through because he he can talk about what he did in high school and compare it with them and what things were like from back then and what they are like now if that makes sense oh yeah well, it definitely makes sense you know he's got the experience of being an athlete on a national winning team so that's that's huge he's got that swagger mm-hmm. other nominees austin stuchel of Mead High School, and then Jonathan Murray of Arlington. All right, the moment we've been waiting for. Team of the year. Can I get a drum roll, please, on the guy's side? I'm making my own drum noise, even though no one can hear it, because I don't have that kind of technology. Yeah, I'm I'm on the back. Team of the year on the guy's side. North Central Indians. North Central Phenomenal, phenomenal year, winning their first GSL title in, I believe, is four years. Last time they won it was in 2016, was was also the last time they won a state championship, I believe. Incredible season. Um, Arlington, 
was in the mix with them, but without Aiden Emerson this spring, or at least I haven't seen him race this spring. I just think North Central, uh, their their five man pack is they're good. They are a deep team. Uh, their spread is a minute fourteen uh, faster than Arlington spread, which is a minute twenty. Uh, this is this is a good group. This is a good group, and Leif Swanson is going to be gone next year, but a lot of these guys are going to be back next fall and we'll see what they're made of. We, we know North central is going to be back at, at, at that, that level where they can compete for a state championship. There's no question about that. It's whether or not they can believe that they're able to compete at that type of level. They're a team that even when we won those three state titles, you know, we wouldn't consider ourselves legit contenders until we raced them. And that was true. And we were trying to take the, the first time away from them. So absolutely phenomenal team. It's a team that they're going to do well because they expect themselves to do well. So good for them. I definitely, I definitely agree with you here. You know, keep the best team on the East side. Not, not even just on the East side. I think they're probably the best team in the entire state. Exactly. And so I'm saying like, keep the, the best team on the state of Washington here on the East of the Cascades. I'm all for it. I would love it to be the West side. But you know my bias towards that because I'm from there. Oh yeah, now you can look at the the old time list and you can see you can see your bias. No, I'm kidding. I I know I know I know who's who's dominated more the last whatever certain years. Girls team of girl girls team of the year. I don't really need a drum roll for this. Seton Catholic, by far the the best team in Washington this year, hands down. One twenty nine spread. For, for their first five ladies, 1758, 1812, 1909, 1921, and 1954. That's that's a solid five right there. That's a, even a that's a really solid five for a 1A school. When you look at 1A schools, like their fifth and fourth runners, at least in the girls, are more so to cl- closer to 20 minutes. This is a different type of 1A team. This is this is like you said, they have a legit shot to do well, like at NXR if they are to compete. At NXR. Oh yeah, just super fast times. You know, I would love to see them. Yeah, maybe race against the Camus or Richmond was really good this year. Um, just absolute phenomenal. I'm not surprised by the Seton Catholic pick there. They've been a team we've talked about. I think at least once every week about how well they had done the last the previous week. So, you know, no surprises there, and they deserve it. They've been working hard. They're running fast. And you could also make the case for Seattle Prep. You can make the case for Mead this year. Mead girls win their, uh, I believe they were co-champions with Central Valley this year for the regular season title. Seems like forever since the Mead girls have won a, a, a Greater Spokane League championship. And now they get to prove it, that they are the real champions this Saturday at the GSL culminating event. Seattle Prep. 1744 by Lily O'Donoghue McDonald, Adeline Rosa, who we had on the show, I want to say, was it earlier this year or last year? I think it was earlier this year on the, the talk from segment. When we talked, when we talked with her about her article that she wrote in the Seattle Times, she's had a great year, 1859. And then Daniela Sakar, 1859.8. The, the girls' side, again, it, I don't think it's as close as the guys. This is here with Arlington and North Central. I think Seton Catholic does run away with it right now i agree 100 i mean they've proved it every week running great times and 
having a great spread, like you mentioned. So, and all the exciting stuff of this cross country season has almost come to an end, at least in my eyes. I'm like I said, I'm focusing on track right now. I'm that's that's my sport. That's I, I love that sport very much. And as much as I love covering cross country. Uh, track and field that was that was my favorite of all the running sports in high school so I'm looking forward to starting that up again uh, of all the awards the accolades and all state teams and just the season in general if you had to recap or if you had to give one word or say one word about this season how would you describe it I can't do weird can I <laughs> Un, in, non, not normal. Um, That's two I words, think, but I'll give it to you. I think tough. I'll go with tough. I'm going to go with tough because, you know, we didn't have like a whole summer to build up like we wanted or would typically have. You know, we have to plan a season with track in mind being right around the corner. And I think a lot of athletes show that they were tough. Like if you look on athletic.net, all the, the fastest times have been from like last October when athletes were able to um, actually train the, you know, with a proper buildup. I think the fastest one there from March is Daniel Lewis from, uh, with Daniel Lee, sorry, Daniel Lee from Rogers. Um, you know, the rest of the times are from October. So athletes have just had to buckle in and, you know, be up, probably be upset with times that they ran, knowing that they're better, knowing that they've ran faster, but they're just, you know, didn't have the proper buildup, but Mayor still persevered and still ran really well. Phenomenal all across the state. So, I think the word I would choose was determined. I think a lot of these athletes were really determined to get back out there and do the best they could in, in the situation that we were in this year. Obviously, with COVID affecting everything this last fall, with with no complete normal season of a cross country year, no state championship. Um, there was not a lot of hope. There was not a lot of things to look forward to, but I feel like these athletes were more than determined to get back out there and racing again. That, that's, I think that's one word I can way to describe this cross country season. That's a, I like that one. That's a good one. But as we conclude today's show, we're wrapping things up here. Final thoughts, Kyle. Cross country is concluding. We got track and field coming up. What are we looking forward to the most? Final thoughts, go. I mean, bring it on track. What's nice with this is during a regular season, when maybe someone has a season they're not too fond of for cross, they have to wait you know, months in winter for uh, track season for kind of redemption. But now all you got to do is wait a week. So bring it on. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I've said this before, where the, you know, the front end is always going to be fast in track, no matter what, but the maybe back end of the runners, like the JV or you know, maybe back end of the varsities who typically would train during the summer. Now they had all that winter to, to run. Like who knows, who knows what they're going to be capable of. They may surprise themselves and maybe that'll motivate them to run even better this summer and be more consistent. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Um, bring it on, bring on track, bring on track. Indeed. Like you told, I, like I already said, I'm excited for it. I'm ready to see these kids run some fast times. 
truly we'll see what their fitness levels are like since they just got done with a cross-country season they make that quick turnaround to the oval office as i like to refer it to for kyle paulson my name is keenan gray saying thank you for tuning in to the rundown here on the runner washington from all things high school cross country and track and field here in the state of washington visit the website www.therunnerwa.com hope you all had a great and met the expectations for yourselves and your teams this cross country season track and field is here let's get after it let's run some fast times and i can't wait to see what all we can throw down this spring have a good one